Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1917. The topic is training and the title is Direct Arm Training Who Shouldn't Be Training Their Arms. Yes, I'm actually going to talk about a group of people, we're going to define them and talk about them, who actually should not be training their arms directly. What I mean by that is they shouldn't be doing bicep curls, uh, you know, tricep isolation type exercises. It's not that it's bad for them. It's just that it's possibly a waste of time (laughs) in the sense that they're going to make some progress, but they could be making better progress if they were to choose other exercises. What sparked this conversation was I just got done doing a consultation with a listener from the podcast. They had reached out, said they were enjoying the podcast. They're actually from Texas, so thank you very much for reaching out. And asked if we could do the 15-minute consultations that I was offering uh, to potentially be a client. It was awesome. Really enjoy getting to meet people and talk with people, so that was fun. And in our conversation, we realized that She was a healthy body weight, 126 pounds, healthy body fat percentage. She's around 25% body fat, but she would like to get down to about 20% as she would also like to continue to get stronger and build muscle. She's been doing a great job. She's been increasing her calories because she was actually under eating, which is why she hadn't been losing more fat. She was under eating. So due to the podcast, she was encouraged (laughs) to eat more. And what do you know, she started losing more body fat. Her clothes are fitting better. So she's slowly eating more, but it still feels kind of odd for her to do that. If you want to lose weight, how would eating more help? Uh, But it's because she was under eating. And she's been exercising so much. She's training her lower body three days a week, upper body two days a week. And then on the off days, she says she's still active doing cardio and whatnot. So she's basically busy every day. And given that level of activity, given the calories she was eating, even though she was high in protein, she was even eating over her body weight in protein. She just didn't have enough carbohydrates and fats to give the energy towards the muscle building process. So she was under eating compared to her activity level. Rather than doing less exercise, (laughs) she just needs to eat more. So I'm very happy for her. She's been making that change. She's been seeing great results. So we talked about that, how she was coming from a place of under eating. As we eat a little bit more, uh, it'll help her feel better in her workouts. It'll help her better fuel the adaptations she wants, such as fat loss and building muscle. We then talked about her training, and she had bought a year-long program from a popular coach, Brett Contreras. Uh, He's an excellent coach, like lots of great information. The Glute Lab, you might be uh, familiar with him from that. Uh, He does a lot of work with uh, hip thrusts and uh, like hyperextensions, a lot of glute-focused training, and incredibly smart. The program she's following is a good program, absolutely but it could be better. (laughs) And how it would be better would be is more personalized. So Brett, when he wrote the program, unfortunately, you know, uh, unlucky for him, he doesn't know that listener. (laughs) She's a nice person, and I bet he would would help his life to know her. Uh, But he doesn't know her, so he doesn't know when he's writing exercises 
what's going to be the best for each individual who follows that program, he has to kind of go with the average individual that he would think is going to follow his program. Now, he works with a lot of professional athletes in the aesthetic sports. He works with a lot of uh, high-level amateurs, a lot of people who want to get into uh, higher-level aesthetic training and a career. Therefore, he's going to work with a lot of people who already have quite a background of training, and they're going to have a certain level of strength that he's going to assume when he writes the programming. So for example, the client was telling me about one of their recent workouts and the couple of the exercises that they named kind of raised a little bit of a a red flag for me. Not that they're bad exercises, just that they might not be optimal. So for example, she said that in the workout she was doing face pulls. Another exercise was bicep curls. Another exercise was skull crushers. Uh, which is like a tricep extension, a line tricep extension. And we talked about how, okay, the program actually had some of the isolative movements in it, and then she was adding stuff on top of it uh, just to get more muscle definition in her arms and in like certain smaller body parts. So she was adding direct training, thinking that that would help. Well, we discussed that in order to get better definition... There is a balance we have to play between building more muscle and or losing the fat that's over top of the muscle that's preventing you from seeing it. A lot of people, when they're um, beginners or intermediate or they're, they're still getting strong, they're not into like that intermediate advanced levels of strength yet, they're going to actually be under-muscled rather than over-fat. So the reason why they can't see the muscle is because there's just not a muscle to see. I've run into this a lot with females who do glute training. They want to have a booty pop. They want to have lifted glutes. They want to have nice rounded glutes. They are coming from a place of being uh, over fat. And as they lose the fat, they say that their butt disappears and it becomes flat. That's because there wasn't muscle there to begin with. So... They had thought that if they lost the fat over the muscle, they would then see the muscle, but there wasn't muscle there. And that could be they never really trained it properly. They didn't train it with enough weight load, didn't train it for enough long enough time. Uh, Likely, if they're trying to lose fat, they're under eating their calories or under eating their protein. They're not even giving their body a chance to build any muscle because they're they're not giving their body the fuel and the building blocks it needs to build the muscle. So they go from a fat glute to a flat glute. There was uh, unfortunately nothing in between there. (laughs) So we have to work on getting nutrition right, calories and protein, getting the timing right, and then making sure in their training that we're using heavy enough movements that the weight load will stimulate muscle development by stressing and straining and damaging the existing muscle. This is the key component is why... Some muscles might not grow, especially smaller, more stubborn muscles. Why they might not grow, other than you might be under eating calories and protein, is you're doing exercises that just don't have enough of a weight load to cause muscle stress. Yeah, the the muscles might burn while you're doing the movement, but there's really no structural damage to the tissue 
You're only getting a metabolic damage, which is like the burning sensation, and that's the only stimulus you get is a metabolic damage, burn, 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 pump, pump, pump. But you never get a sheer force, a heaviness of weight load that actually tears at the structure of the muscles. Ideally, in our training, we would have both variations of stimulus because they're both needed. Uh, If we only do sheer force damage, we're going to create a lot of muscle damage, but also a lot of connective tissue damage and, and fry our CNS, be tired all the time, and just be worn out. Uh, that's powerlifters who don't do any accessories. <laughs> uh, they just blitz the heavyweights too often. Uh, or if we just do metabolic damage like pump, 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 burn, 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 you will burn some calories and lose some fat, but you'll notice that there's never a firmness to the muscles. There's never a tone, uh, a tightness. There's never a look that you're wanting. It just never seems to happen. Why that is? is because there's not enough sheer force, like heavy weight load, pulling and tearing at the muscle fibers. So we talked about how an example that we would want to switch is instead of doing bicep curls, excuse me for one second, instead of doing bicep curls, we would do underhand grip pulldowns. That's still going to use the biceps, but it's going to allow for a lot more weight load because our back can help. Now, just because our back helps doesn't mean the biceps are actually doing less. The biceps are actually still managing that heavy weight load, but they're getting help from the back. For example, if we do bicep curls and we can only curl 15 to 20 pound dumbbells, or I can do underhand grip pull downs at 120 pounds, I'm going to get more arm development from the 120-pound stimulus than I would from the isolative 15 to 20-pound stimulus. Another example, if we want better triceps, the backside of the arm, rather than doing skull crushers, which if you can only do those with 8, 10, or 12-pound dumbbells, that's just not heavy enough to damage the tissue. You can get a burn from it, but you're not going to get that sheer force damage. So instead, we might do overhead presses. And if you have trouble stabilizing dumbbell overhead presses, we might do a machine overhead press. Let the machine stabilize the movement for you. Let that heaviness that the shoulders get to help the triceps, you would definitely be able to do a machine overhead press at a heavier weight than you could do a dumbbell skull crusher. So again, we're looking for movements where we take away the isolative arm movements and instead switch them to something where the arm muscles are involved but other muscles can help out to get a heavier weight load, a heavier stimulus going through those muscles. Example of glutes. A lot of times I'll hear clients tell me, you know, oh, I do, you know, body weight glute kickbacks at home and these different body weight glute exercises four times a week. And I'm like, unfortunately, that's not going to help. We need to have some heavy weight loads. So step-ups, lunges, leg press, deadlifts, squats, those things are going to help build the glutes more than bodyweight glute movements. Can bodyweight glute movements be part of a program? You bet. But they're only a part, and they're typically just a high-volume kind of pump thing that you do between the bigger, more damaging workouts in the gym. So it's important to consider how heavy is the movement I'm doing. Is this heavy enough to really stress and 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 annoy and just beat up the muscle fibers? Or do I just feel like a pump and a burn, 
but I never really feel super sore. I never feel like things are just straining. It's just this pump, pump, pump. That's all I ever feel. It's important to know that because we don't want to go to the gym and spend half our time doing movements that only get half the progress. We want to spend our whole time doing movements that get the whole progress. So we want to do bigger, more more muscle-involved movements. So I usually don't do direct arm training with clients unless they have a certain level of strength. And this would be a level that's high enough that adding more compound movements or workouts with only compound movements tends to beat them up and they they start to feel kind of tired, lethargic. Their muscles are a little sore. The joints start to get sore. Even though our sleep is good, even though our protein is good, even though our hydration is good, they're just really beat up from the training. Well, then we would start to swap out some of those bigger movements for isolative movements. Or I I do direct arm training, isolation work for clients who want to grow their arms specifically in relation to their upper body. So if they want bigger arms but not a bigger back, bigger arms but not a bigger chest, then yes, we're going to train the arms because we need to isolate them away. If we want isolated growth, we have to isolate in our exercise selection. Now, strength-wise, I said that's kind of the biggest determinant of whether you should do arm training if you're not worried about growth balance. Strength is how do you know? How do you know if you're strong enough? There isn't a one-size-fits-all kind of strength level. What I would look for is, in my training, can I fill up the whole workout with compound movements, meaning movements that involve multiple muscles? So an overhead press rather than a tricep press down. Uh, A pull-up or pull-down or row rather than a bicep curl. Can I make the workout with big compound full body, as many muscles as possible movements? If they can do that, and if they can survive that and not be you know, overly sore, not be overly fatigued. They're hitting their calories, but they're not overly uh, craving. They're not having crazy hunger that's out of control. If things are just going well, I would stay with as much compound movements as possible. As they start to get stronger, if they start to feel like, oh, I'm getting really sore, and we're like, oh, you're already at a gram a pound, like a protein, your calories are really good, your sleep is really good, let's maybe back off on some of these compound movements, switch out for isolative movements, and then all of a sudden that, that overly soreness, that over fatigue goes away. The other components would be is if somebody was looking for mobility issues or injury recovery issues, then yes, we might do more isolative style training. But in general, there's a level of strength that you have to build up to for direct arm training to be 100% the most productive thing you could choose. So I would encourage people to use as much compound movements as they can If they're wanting to just build muscle and lose fat, use as many compound movements as you can first. If you then feel like you're starting to not recover properly, you can start to switch out compound movements for isolation movements. So I thought that would be fun to hear that number one, you don't have to do direct arm training. That's not a necessity. Number two, that... If you are doing direct arm training to see the muscles of your arm more, you're actually going to grow more muscle faster doing compound movements. 
and you definitely do want to work on fat loss, but not at the at the sacrifice of building muscle tissue. You want to make sure you're eating enough calories to grow muscle, but not so many calories that you're impeding the fat loss process. If you want to learn what will be the right amount of calories, the right amount of protein, you can go to our website, www.brutalenergym.com. Go to the free nutrition education page, and on that page, the first document is create your own nutrition program. You can use that document, figure out the right calories for yourself, the right protein for yourself, the right timing of those calories and protein, and then work on that, build that up, see what progress you can get. If you're having any struggles, then you can hire a coach, hint, hint, (laughs) and I'll help sort out the finer details, get you on track, and then you can kind of take it from there on your own if you'd like. But I, I would encourage you to make sure that you think through what you do. Don't just blindly follow a program. Uh, be aware of the exercises you're doing and aim for optimal training, not just to be training. Okay? If you have any questions, if you need anything, reach out. My email is brutalironjim at gmail.com. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. I want to make sure you get what you want from this podcast. So let me know if you have questions. Let me know if you have any topics, suggestions, anything you want to know. I'm always here. And I'm always happy to help. Uh, if you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Jim. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.